It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customer. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington. Here with your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. And with me in the studio tonight, first up, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, man. Glad to be back. And from the Hattiesburg American, everyone's favorite beat writer, Jason Munns. Hey, Jamie. What's going on? I don't know. I just feel very special right now. You should. You should. Um, so this weekend, we got a lot to talk about. This weekend, first off, big game. Southern Miss, 6-4 and four on the year, 4-2 and two in Conference USA, taking on the Charlotte 49ers. Charlotte now 1-9 on the season, 1-5 on the year. Big game because it could have an implication on Southern Miss's bowl opportunities. It's going to be this Saturday, November 18th, 2017, at The Rock, M.M. Roberts Stadium in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Now, this weekend is Military Appreciation Day, and I believe they're going to have a flyover, if I'm not mistaken. And it's also Senior Day. And what a senior class this is. I mean, you look at this roster, you have some some guys who are definitely going to go down as all-time great, starting with Ito Smith. Yes, I agree. Ito. What, and what is it, like 4,000 yards uh, rushing, 1,000 yards uh, receiving? Yep. You yeah. Know what it is? Like, 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 like top 10 all-time college football? Yep. One of, only, uh, one of only 10 guys to ever do yeah. that. And, and, you know, if there's if you need another reason, which I don't think you do, it's a 2 o'clock start. It's going to be perfect weather. Um, yeah, that weather hot. cleared up. Yeah, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. You get to come out and watch. I mean, this, this, is, this might be your last time to ever go watch it. Just, I know we're going to a bowl game. Who knows? We might end up in the Bahamas. You know, right. We can't watch him. So then we just got to kind of hope that he goes to an NFL team that is close enough that we can go watch. So honestly, this might be the last time you can get out and watch Edo Smith run up and down the field. And, you know, I think that's plenty good enough. And that's, if that's not a good enough reason, uh, come by the tailgate tent and I'll give you like six more reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you look at some of these names. These are guys that have been here for years. You know, Cornell Armstrong, Trey Collins, Kelsey Douglas, Jomez Applewhite, Draper Riley. I mean, you got guys that have been here for years. Curtis Michael, uh, Paul Thigpen. Good gosh. Devin Ferrier. Curtis Michael is a senior? Yeah. Man, it seems like yesterday when I was, I was you know, hearing about all that speed. Yeah. Jeez, that is nuts. It flies by, man. You had some guys come in and contribute last year. Isaiah Jones and, and Alan Zay Staggers, Julian Allen. I mean, you, you know, and then Rod Creighton. I mean, we, there's a whole laundry list of, of contributors that this will be their last time playing in the Rock. And last time to run through Eagle Walk. Last time to do to do anything. You know, uh, I, I never got to experience that as as a player. I can, I can kind of imagine, like, if it was the last time I was ever going to be able to go as a fan. I would just break down and just cry like a little girl like all day long. <laughs> so these guys, you know, when they come around, I was listening to Hobson talk earlier. He talked about coming out of Eagle Walk and making that turn um, down through the whole uh, parade and everything that, uh, that you know, he hopes that it's packed out, which it usually is. Um, but I, but it's from a player standpoint, um, I could see how that would start to get a little bit emotional. Well, you got guys, too, that, you know, a lot of these guys that have been here four or five years, 
they came when so they committed to be Golden Eagles when Southern Miss was, you know, at our worst. Mm-hmm. They stuck through it and they they kind of lived through the what do you call it? The Renaissance, the revival. What would you call the it? Resurrection. I the guess. resurrection. The rebound. I like it. You, one of those R's. I like it. Yeah, rebound, resurrection. There's going to be some R's going down this weekend. All right. So you guys come out, support the Golden Eagles. We got a lot to talk about today. So we're going to talk about the game last week. We're going to talk about the game this week. We're going to talk about the bowl possibilities, a little recruiting, as well as Southern Miss basketball. Munge, it's been been a month or two since you've been in here. What you been up to, man? Gosh, uh, what haven't I been up to? It's been very, very busy. It always is every fall. Um, that's always our busiest time of year. It's always the most fun time of year. But uh, a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of, um, a lot of football, a lot of uh, high school football. Not only uh, Southern Miss, but also high school football and. Um, you know, it's just been uh, it's been wall to wall action, and that's the way we like it. You got you know, getting into basketball as well. This is kind of like the 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 I don't know what the Bermuda Triangle of sports. Yeah. You're not really getting lost, but you got like all the sports going on at one time. Yep. Um, yep. We just you know we just finished the World Series. There was a time where you had all four major sports going on on the same night, so that was kind of mm-hmm. wacky. But yep. you know, basketball just kicked off. You know, Southern Miss taking on. The Michigan Wolverines tomorrow night. That's a team that you don't normally see on the Golden Eagle schedule. Uh, I saw where, where Munsley actually called a shot earlier. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, Golden Eagles. Got to <laughs> take it to Michigan. You heard it here first. Hey, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. He's a professional. Got to be true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to recap this past weekend, Southern Miss versus Rice game. The Golden Eagles become bowl eligible. Come right back to us. We are back. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here with Jason Bailey and Jason Munns. Let's get into it. The Golden Eagles had a game this past weekend. Ended up winning it. Now they're bowl eligible. Six wins on the year. Southern Miss defeated the Rice Owls. Is it Owls or Owls? Uh, what? I think, well, in the South. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one there. I think it's uh, it's... Owl? Should be one syllable. Right, but right. I get what you're saying. Some people make it two. Uh, owls. Owls or owls? Owls. Yeah, I, I was owl. thinking, you know, I heard, I've heard i heard three different pronunciations of the word jaguar. I say yeah. jaguar. Some people say jaguar. Jamie's the jaguar. Really? I, and then you hear the fancy people going jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> I don't say that. Jaguar. <laughs> so, jaguar. I don't know. Owls. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those. It's one of those words like brewer, brewery that you can't say in, without sounding intoxicated. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, I'm like, let's go to Jack's Brewery. And they're like, well, what? You've already been. It sounds. <laughs> You've like. been. It sounds like. So uh, this weekend, let's start off talking a little bit about the offense. Quadre Griggs uh, had his career best game: twenty-two for thir- thirty-one passing, three hundred and thirty-one yards, three touchdowns, also four carries, eighteen yards. And he wasn't sacked, and he gave up no turnover. So a great return game for Quadre, you know, getting healthy again, getting the cast off, getting back out there and leading the Golden Eagles to a victory. Yeah, he looked um, he looked really, really good. He, he uh, uh, you know, and the numbers back it up. He, he, he was certainly uh, in command out there. Um, you know, he, he uh, ran the offense very, very well, made the throws he needed to make. Uh, but I should bring up the, the, this fact that I was told uh, – Yesterday, actually, eighteen, the eighteen rushing yards will be sixteen when it's all said and done. And Ito 
who you you say uh, 150 against Rice, it'll be 152. I was notified of that. Uh, somebody gave Quadre two yards that that belonged to Ito. So somehow I got Ito's right, but Quadre's wrong. I don't know how oh, I okay. did that. Okay. Well, no, but. maybe this maybe these are right. <laughs> maybe these have been corrected since uh, since the other day. So sorry. Is this like one of those deals? Like like when you remember Carr was telling us he's still credited with like several return yards and never had any return yards. <laughs> Probably is. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah, I think they let think Carr, zoned out on they let Carr get into the rocket record books. <laughs> he 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 and he doesn't belong. But look, no, Carr belongs. He's wait, a, no, he does. <laughs> look, that, that, that twenty two of thirty. He's in my record book. That twenty two of thirty one could have been like twenty five of thirty one. Also, yep. yeah, there's some key yeah. drops. I mean, you're always going to have that. And one thing I liked about uh, Griggs this past weekend is, and maybe it was because of the defense that Rice played. I don't know, but he didn't force anything. Right, you know, like never. I mean, if he threw it to the guy, it was the right throw. Yep. Um, from what I saw. And there's a lot of checkdowns. There's a lot of times where he just, you know, went through all his progressions, ended up on the other side of the field, like the Tim Jones catch. Yep, that's the one I was going to bring up. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's big, you know. Yep. And, you know, he had the, the, the cast completely off. So Yeah, now that Tim Jones catch, I was going to bring that up. Um, you know, he, he stood he stood in the pocket, waited for Tim to get open, mm-hmm. and then threw it. Yeah, uh, and and that's how you're supposed to do it, and that's, that's what he does. You know, I've, I've been very impressed with his – uh, ability and um, willingness to stand in there and you know wait till the very last second a lot of times. Well, and and when you can do that, that's when Ito is going to open up. That's right. I mean, it works hand in hand, does it not? It does. It does. That's that's exactly. Uh, that's why. That's what you want. Certainly, is is a guy who can uh, can throw it, so you can have a running back who can run it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Ito, he was named the offensive player of the game. 24 carries, 100 um, for 152 yards, two touchdowns. Also, three receptions for 23 yards. So, Ito on the game, 175 all-purpose yards. Ito also became the tenth player in FBS history to go over 4,000 rushing with uh, over 4,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards for his career. Ito Smith now with 4,141 on the ground and 1,409 receiving yards in his career. Wow. Is that – I know Fletcher had like 5,000-something on the ground. Like 5,300, I think. Yeah. So, so he won't get there. So where does Ito rank with that forty with that 41? Second. He's second? Yeah. Okay. Nobody wow. else other than Ito has been above the 4,000-yard mark. So we were living nice. in times where records are just going down. That's right. Left it's, and right. It's it a different game. And, I mean, I guess, too, you, you get an extra game a year than you may have in the past. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it, but that that doesn't mean it's not deserved. Well, yeah, but, great. you know, I, I think it's a different game when the passing statistics. That's right. As far as the rushing statistics, well, you do have that extra game. You definitely have the extra game. But we've, you know, so to this point, going through Fletcher and now Ito, we've kind of seen maybe the maybe the two best running backs in the history of Southern Miss. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, you know, what's even more interesting is his freshman year. Obviously, he was a freshman, so he didn't he he wasn't a feature guy. Next year, he wasn't a feature guy mm-hmm. because he had Jalen Richard, right? Also rushing for a thousand yards. Um, I mean, it really wasn't until last year that he that he was you know the guy. And even this year, he's been the guy, but that's kind of been to his detriment in a couple of games. Yeah. So uh, you know, just imagine if if he was the guy for four years, where he'd be. Yeah. Oh, no absolutely. Doubt. Absolutely. You know, and Fletcher came in his first year, I think first game against Florida, he put up some solid yards, so he I was, was starting from there on out. Right. Yeah. Also in that game, that was Tim Tebow's first uh, touchdown as a college player. And we had no idea. We're sitting in the stands, <laughs> and that's, I still don't care, but we're in the stands, and we watched some guy come off the bench because Chris Leak was the quarterback of that team. 
And as soon as he came off the bench, uh, it was a goal line situation, and he ran it in and scored. Flash bulbs going, you know, going everywhere. It was like people were just going crazy, and it turns out it was Tebow. So, little known fact. Wow, there you go. All right, now the receiver, uh, top receiver of the game, Corey Robertson, career best, eight receptions for 159 yards. Actually, the 159 yards is career best. Two touchdowns. So. I don't know if the theory is back on with K-Rob getting <laughs> scored every other game just because last week got mixed up, or now he's making up for it, and then he's going to score again this week. But he is a man among boys out there. That's y'all's guy, isn't it? Yeah. That's y'all's dude. Yeah. Yeah. How many does that give him for the year? Nine. Nine, recept- nine touchdowns I on the year. I asked him before the season started if he was going to give us 10, and he said 12. Huh. And so here we are. With three uh, games left. Three games left. You get one per game. That's right on the money. Man. I think he might be going over twelve. Man, that's uh, you can just add a uh, 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 psychic to his list of. The thing, the thing about Corey, I I can't remember a wide receiver that we've had that has just been. Uh, it's just so difficult to bring down after he catches the football. Can he's you? Been, he's been very, very, very good, and there have been good ones, but he has been the the one that stands out to me more than more than most other guys, and the, and. You know, I asked uh, uh, Shannon Dawson about this the other day. You know, what really gets me is that, you know, you've got receivers who are fast, then you've got receivers who are hard to bring down. Well, he's both. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got receivers with good hands. He's all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he is the total package, I think. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and, a, and a good student on top of all that. Yep, yep, and a good interview. And I, he I, likes dogs. Yeah, talk to him uh, talk to him after the game uh, at Rice, and, and then I talked to him again yesterday, and – uh, he's turning into one of my favorite interviews. Yeah, he's so nice. Yep. <laughs> well, defense started strong in this game, not allowing a point in the first quarter for the fifth time this season before giving up 34 points to a Rice team that averages 14 points a game. So, you know, the defense started strong, um, just kind of got sloppy, you know, had some issues with penalties, uh, gave up a lot of yards on the ground. But, you know, the offense did for – for a change, the offense did enough to get the win rather than the defense. Yeah, it was uh, it was not uh, a pleasant day for the defense. I mean, you know, giving up thirty four points to a team that was coming in averaging fourteen per game, and it's not like we're in game two or three. This is a whole, <clears throat> almost a whole season's worth of statistics that we're looking at, and they're averaging fourteen points a game, and they come out and score thirty four. So it was it was just a tough day at the office for the defense. There's no doubt. There's been so many times on this show where we do this what we learn segment. And we need to work on with well, what we learned for like three weeks in a row was how awesome the defense was and how dominant they could be. <laughs> and then stuff like that happens. And I remember during the game thinking to myself, um, if we don't keep scoring <laughs> every right. time, that's right. we're going to lose. That's right. And, felt that way. and we did. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe that's the silver lining is when the best part of our team is probably our defense. When they play horrible, we can still win. Yeah. So that's good. But that being said, if we do that again, Charlotte will beat us. <laughs> well, man, I hope I hope uh, I hope that's not even in consideration after what happened last year. But uh, Rakeem Booth was named the defensive player of the game and Conference USA's defensive player of the week. He had 14 tackles; three of those were solo, two tackles for a loss, one forced fumble, and one sack. Also, Paul Thigpen, two sacks, giving him five sacks on the season. A couple of other notes. Special teams player of the game was Parker Seanfield. Three for three on field goals, four for four on extra points. Career-long 51-yard field goal in the first half. Uh, the, and the Golden Eagles did not punt in this game. When's the last time that happened? I don't yeah. know. 2009 is the last time that happened against Tulane. Wow. Ten year, oh, 
Eight years. Is that the year that Tulane punted on third down? I wish I could tell you that. I, I, oh my! You, you, you. Do you get? Do you guys remember that? <laughs> I don't. The Golden Eagles kept like stuffing Tulane, and they punted on third. Is down. it like a quarterback in the shotgun, like Randall Cunningham style? I can't remember. I just remember being like, "That was." I've never seen anything like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it's just third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, right. But but that 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 field goal the Parker hit um, would have been good from sixty. Yeah, yeah, and that was right before the half, right? Yeah, it was the last play of the first half. Okay, I, I, and if we don't make that, because Rice came out and scored, if, if I, I, that's one of those things that kept us up by two scores. We're up by two scores the whole game, pretty much, um, because we shut them out in the first quarter defensively, right? So then we were up two scores. That one put us up two scores. Rice scored, so we're still up. It was just I felt like that was a that was a key field goal. Number one because he just drilled it from like sixty. And number two, it kept us, it kept that two score advantage for the you know the rest of the game. Yeah, it was pivotal. Uh, and I asked uh, Jay about that after the game, just how important it was to get points on that drive, you know, right before half. And that's exactly what he said. It's, I think that's where I got my information. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, another thing: penalties. Golden Eagles, ten penalties for eighty-six yards. Now averaging. 70.9 penalty yards per game on the season. That's a little too sloppy for a lot of people's tastes. They won't behave. I mean, it's just just behave. I yeah. Mean, that's that's really – stop breaking the rules, man. S- stuff that's that's really coachable. And, you know, and I heard it on Heath's show earlier. Uh, somebody calling in talking about the penalties and saying, and, and, you know, and like even, even Tim Doherty tweeted it out, maybe it wasn't just the Tennessee refs. The thing in the Tennessee game, to me, wasn't that we just got called for a bunch of penalties. It was the discrepancy <laughs> – they, they, they weren't called both penalties. ways, right? Like, absolutely. We, yeah, we were absolutely committing some penalties outside of that bogus face mask and leaping call. Um, and then the pass interference that was way overthrown. But outside of those three, we deserved everything that we got. Uh, it was just the fact that Tennessee didn't have any at all, which was completely just biased officiating. It was, it was, you know, it was a, that was a weird night. <laughs> but, you know, and I think you guys would agree that, um, that, the majority of the penalties that Southern Miss has been called for this season, they've earned. Yes, and they have. There's not been a game that they've lost that it's been because of the penalties. But that's not saying that it's not possible to lose a game based on a certain penalty or a, a certain group of penalties. Oh, so, we are undisciplined. So I they, think that I think that penalty in the Kentucky game really. Oh, I agree. Shot us in the foot yeah, the, on that the, one. The but, defensive holding. But I, I, I totally agree with what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. The, and the defensive holding and the um. And then the um, the call on the kickoff where oh right right you know but blocking the back or yeah what? blocking the back and then they called like sideline flag <laughs> yeah. or something like that yeah. so yeah. but yeah we, we definitely deserve the most of it and unfortunately I think we're kind of getting the reputation for it I and, kind of agree and, and and I mean you know like uh, heck if you're an umpire in baseball and a guy always hits the outside corner always hits the outside corner all of a sudden he's three inches off he probably still gets the call you can get the benefit it works the other way too where yeah. if you're all over the place and then you hit the corner you probably still get called a ball right so i think we're kind of in as far as baseball to football terms I, we might we might be stuck there where they they just throw it anyway like these guys commit all kind of penalties we just got to be a little sneakier about it it's like bernard hopkins used to say man it's like if they don't see it it doesn't count so if we're going to do it, let's just be sneakier about it. That's what Ninjas. I say. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Golden Eagles, let's keep it moving. Golden Eagles got a, big, a game this weekend against the Charlotte 49ers. Like we said earlier, Senior Day, Military Appreciation Day. Golden Eagles, 17-point favorites in this game. You can watch this game on CUSA.TV. 
but preferably join us at the rock honor these seniors uh come for the flyover honor the military it's going to be a great day the weather it looks like it's going to be like in the 70s um i think there's a possibility of rain later in the day but i don't think it's as much as it it's was like 20 percent. yeah at night so it sounds like it's going to be a, a fantastic day at the rock so you guys come out for that just looking at a couple of the stats i mean this is a game the golden eagles should dominate statistically, but we know how that goes with the inconsistencies of the team this year. Just give me an example, points per game. Southern Miss is um, averaging 27.2. Charlotte averaging 13.7 points allowed per game. Southern Miss is is averaging 22.8. Charlotte, 29.6. Total yards, Southern Miss 430.5. Charlotte, 314.5. Yards allowed, USM 324.4, Charlotte giving up 430.8. So it kind of seems like with those stats, it should play into the Golden Eagles' favor. That being said, the one victory for the Charlotte, I can't want to say Bobcats, but the 49ers, they defeated UAB 25-24 in overtime. The same UAB team that defeated us a few weeks back. So that's why we play the game. We're going to talk more Southern Miss. You guys come right back to us right here on To the Top. Talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk, right here on the score 1400 AM and News Radio 98.1. Jamie Arrington, Jason Bailey of the Hattiesburg American, here in the house. We're still talking Southern Miss. So we were talking about Southern Miss and the Charlotte 49ers uh, to end the last break. This is a team last year, and it was, it was just a deflating game last year when Nick Mullins got hurt. I think Tess Parks had to come in and finish the game at quarterback because we lost both Parker Adamson and Nick Mullins in the game. Charlotte defeated the Golden Eagles 38-27. to Now, this is a different Charlotte team than this year than was last year, but it seems like looking at the record that, that this team is a little bit underrated. They've had a couple of close losses this year that just because it could have easily have been wins. Yeah, a little bit deceiving. Um, you know, lost to Old Dominion 6 to nothing. I think they lost to North Carolina A&T by one touchdown. Um, a couple of one-point losses in there. I can't remember who they were against, but uh, yeah, you know, the ball bounces a different way a couple of times for these guys, and their record doesn't look quite so bad. But uh, they're they're one and nine, and that's that's not changing. But yeah, but still, it's it's a team that that we lost to last year, and it really that, wasn't even that close. It yeah. wasn't as close as thirty-eight to twenty-seven. I think I think Southern Miss scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. You know, they were down like. 38 to 13 or something at one point. It was not right. a close game. It's not like they've turned over their entire roster. No, no. They've their quarterback's back. Uh, and Clinton. on top of that, we haven't played good at home. It's it's been a struggle at home. So this, so we were playing a team that beat us last year, and for whatever reason we're not playing good at home. Um it's got classic trap game written all over, to be quite honest, because you you're you're coming off the high of getting bowl eligible at Rice and you might be looking ahead to Marshall, you know. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it could it could be a tricky a tricky one. You would hope with the way the home schedule has played out this year that that they'd be a little more motivated and and you know wanting to go out on a high note at least for the seniors here in their final game at the Rock in Hattiesburg. Yeah, you hope that offsets. Uh, yeah, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you hope that kind of offsets everything else. Well, now that the Golden Eagles are bowl eligible, 
you know, it's time to kind of start talking about bowl season and the and the possibilities that are out there. Now, I don't fully understand how allocation works, with, but this is what I was told. As far as who goes where. So the Conference USA champion gets their pick of the bowls. Then on the other side, so like right now, it's you know probably going to be FAU in North Texas playing for the championship. Whoever wins that game gets to pick where they want to go. And then the conference – Conference tries to help the other get to the one they want. It's not guaranteed right. because, you know, the conference plays a, a factor. ESPN plays a factor in that. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what kind of pull Southern Miss has here and there, but the word is if we keep winning, we'll have a better chance to get to go where we want. Yeah, the more – obviously, you know, the better you are as far as final record is concerned than than the the louder the voice you have gets and uh so still plenty of motivation even though the uh, there's no chance of getting the west division definitely uh plenty of motivation because you pack it in now there's still no guarantee number one that you'll get to a bowl and if if you finish even if you finish with seven you won't you know you might not your voice won't be quite as loud as if you have eight wins and you know there's there's all kind of tie-ins and possibilities um you know of course you got the new orleans bowl new mexico bowl Boca Raton Bowl. You get the old uh, Gasparilla Bowl, which was the Beef O'Brady's Bowl back in the day at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, uh, the Bahamas Bowl, and uh, the Armed Forces Bowl. And then we kind of have an interesting time with the Independence Bowl, which um, could actually get used by the conference this year with the way that things are, are shake, shaking out. Um, looking at this, you know, obviously my personal preference, I don't know about you guys, but the New Orleans Bowl kind of is, is – with this slate is usually going to be my preference unless something really shakes out good for the Golden Eagles. I would um I would agree because New Orleans is awesome. Everybody in Hattiesburg <laughs> loves New Orleans, I think. Yeah. It's 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 really cool walking around quarter and up and down Bourbon and seeing Golden Eagles everywhere. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, e- even back when we played Tulane, uh year in and year out at the Superdome, if there's 30,000 people at that game, there was the reason was because they were playing the Golden Eagles. It wasn't because of Tulane's fans. So I love it. I wish we could go there every year um, if we're bowl eligible and not playing in a New Year's Day bowl or something like that. Right. And, and it's a situation where it's on a Saturday. You know, it's a time where a lot of people can get off. You know, right there, you know, during the holidays, a lot of people are off, anyways. Um, it's a little easier than some of these Tuesday night, Wednesday night games. For, for the fans to get to, and, and it's in driving distance. So we don't have Mobile anymore. We don't have Memphis anymore. So it's the closest game and, you know, one that the, the fans can easily trek down there for. Jason, there's a there's a reason you may be pulling for this one. Yeah, I want New Orleans. And I may go to the New Orleans Bowl, even if Southern Miss isn't in it. <laughs> for the concert? Yes, for the pregame concert. <laughs> I just – I mean, it was a, it was just something that came up in the office, and I started clicking around, and I found out that it's the I Heart the 90s Tour. Uh, Vanilla Ice, Kid and Play, Salt and Pepper, Coolio, Rob Bass, Call Me Bad, Young MC. I, 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 I'm there. I, that, that's where I want to be on December 15th. And 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 I'm, you know, as long as Southern Miss isn't in the New Mexico Bowl, which is also on de- December 16th, I'm going to be in New Orleans for that concert. I mean, I'm not I'm not like a major fan of any one of these, but you put them all together, that's a fun night. Color Me Bad. Yeah. Like PM Don didn't want any of that or what? <laughs> I, yeah, um, I mean, PM Dan Don died. Yeah. The lead singer. Now, the, the other guy with PM I'll Dawn. I'll be here all night. The, the other guy with PM Don. Actually, this is kind of crazy, right? 
So you know, there's two two dudes in PM Dawn, right? The second guy, I, I booked a tour for Joe DeRosa a couple of years ago. You gotta let me finish this. I booked a tour for Joe DeRosa. I booked him on the coast. The other half of PM Dawn was at that show, oh. and he heckled. Wow. And it was just like, well, it wasn't the big guy. It was the other guy. I feel bad about taking this conversation any further. <laughs> so anyways. You said soul for real. You didn't say. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. You said soul for real. Repping Forte. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be a great time. I Actually, I have already booked my hotel room in New Orleans. Wow. Because I can cancel it. But I got a good deal. And hey, all like, that being said, uh, Shreveport would be cool. Now. Shreveport would be cool. I, I, I'm just unaware of this tie in that we have. I, I didn't know that. I, is that is that one of those deals where it depends on if yeah. the SEC correct. has a certain number of teams or that is correct. Yep, SEC and ACC are the primary um, tie-ins to that bowl, and if neither one of them, you know, has enough teams to send to bowls, then Conference USA is the next one up. And that that could be interesting. Now, is is that possible? I don't follow yeah. anybody else besides Southern. All Mets. the projections so. have have a Conference USA team in that bowl. Yeah, and, and and most of them right now have Florida State playing in that game. Right. Or yeah, I've seen Louisville, I think, and Florida State. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's a that possibility. Now, who would you like to play if we had the choice between Loserville and the Criminals? Um, it, I think I really would like not to play Lamar Jackson. Just to be completely honest. So with the way Florida State is now that I, I I'd probably say the Seminole the cinnamon, the Florida State cinnamon rolls as Jameis Winston famously said, um, but I mean I'd be fine with either. Um, and something too before we get to break, I know that the team all had to get passports before the season, so the Bahamas Bowl is a very strong possibility, especially if things go south from here on out. Um, I know I mean I've heard more I've heard the chatter that I've heard is New Orleans and Bahamas. And then you'll hear some independence here and there. To me, New Mexico, we seem to be a little too far east for that to happen, especially with I think we can outdraw some some other teams. You would think New Orleans would be us, UAB or Louisiana Tech. Um, I would say Louisiana Tech was would be a candidate for the Independence Bowl, but they got snubbed on that a couple of years ago. So, who is the uh, projected team that we would play in New Orleans? I, I don't care. Troy is what I've heard. Troy, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd have to see Brent Jones' ugly mug one more time. <laughs> bring Dad. out the sumo wrestling costumes. You bring out the sumo costumes. Nah, I don't want Brent, hope you're doing well, man. Throwing that shade. Come back and mow your lawn. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, talk a little Southern Miss football recruiting and basketball. To the top. Welcome back to Team Top Talk. Jamie Arrington, Jason Bailey, Jason Munns. Oh, the two Jasons. I just now made that connection. Triple J. Triple J for all you Triple J fans out there. All right. Um, let's talk a little recruiting. Golden Eagles, since we haven't talked about recruiting in a while, um, past couple of weeks they picked up a couple of commits out of Brookhaven, Mississippi. The first one, Trace Clopton, an offensive lineman, 6'3", 294, I think they're expecting him to come in right away and compete for a spot. Had had a had a pretty solid list of offers, and then Jamarian Jones, defensive back. I think he's a cornerback out of Brookhaven as well, six two hundred seventy five pounds. Dandy Dozen, cornerback, laundry list of offers from the who's who of college football. So 
you know, both those guys, very, very solid pickups for the Golden Eagles. Early sign-in period is going to be December 20th through the 22nd. It's a 72-hour window that they have to sign this year, a little different from years past. But, Munz, what can you tell us about these two Brookhaven kids? Uh, not much more than what you um, than what you talked about, but Trace, um, you're exactly right, Trace. They're they're expecting him to come right in. He's he plays center uh, for Brookhaven, which uh, that's Class Five A, and they are in the South State semifinals. They will play uh, Laurel this week, um, so it's a very good program. His father is the coach, the head coach at uh, at Brookhaven. He also he was a uh, student equipment manager here um, back wow. in the day. Yeah, he he worked uh, with Patrick Stewart back in the day, um, uh, in the equipment on the equipment staff, and so uh, there's your connection as far as he's concerned. And you know you're losing Devin Ferrier at center, and so uh, I think they're going to bring in Trace Clopton and um, potentially if Nick Dennis sticks, if if they you know keep him and they want him uh, by the time signing day rolls around, then uh, I could see you know those two guys kind of battling it out for the center spot. Um, I'm not even going to. Try to pronounce the first name. He goes by JJ, so uh, I'm going to go with JJ Jones here. Uh, you know, you mentioned that he's got offers from everywhere: Georgia, Florida State, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, a um, lot of others. And you know, I think uh, his the opportunity for him to come in and play right away is uh, very attractive to him. Um, and you know, with losing Curtis Michael, Cornell Armstrong, Trey Collins, Southern Miss is is losing a lot at corner and. Uh, and and so you know you got a guy like him who's coming in and uh, can be a difference maker right away if he if he's you know legit. You know we we've still got a few spots left in this class, but it seems like Hobson and company are, are putting together a very very solid signing day class for the 2018 season. They are they are they really they've they've done well. Um, I, I think uh, you know you've, you've got guys like uh, Curry Ben who's another one that's going to come in and compete right away for defensive back. You know, one of those corner spots. Uh, you know, uh, the big, the, the one that really stands out to me is Shannon Carswell, the uh, defensive lineman from Florida, uh, who who I think is going to come in and and be a difference maker right away. Um, you know, he's he's another one who's got a few bigger, bigger, you know, higher profile offers, and uh, but but you know, he sold on Southern Miss, and uh, I think he's one that comes in and steps right in with with you know. Uh, with uh, Taj Sykes after you know he's redshirting this year, Andrew Cole's redshirting this year, so uh, that those those three could form a pretty formidable uh, combination along that interior uh, defensive line. You get a couple of local linebackers in William Robinson and Hayes Maples that you know also could be staples on that nasty bunch defense for years to come. That's right. Uh, Hayes, I think, is probably more of a linebacker than William will be. Uh, William's kind of a tweener at at the high school level, so. You know, I look for him to be kind of that nickel slash rover uh, position by the time he gets here, kind of like uh, Joe Mez is right now. Uh, Kelsey Douglas is that is is that nickel spot. Uh, Tyler Barnes is behind him, so I look for him to, you know, I mean, it depends. You know, they could they could certainly beef him up and make me look silly, but um, but you know, I, I, no doubt th- those are two guys right here in their own back in Southern Miss's own backyard that. Um, that that they really can, will benefit from from plucking. Southern Miss uh, basketball also had a few signees this past week with the uh, signing day class with the early signing day period. Yeah, I'm gonna try this. Nikola Jiritich, couldn't tell you, and Gabe Watson. 
So <laughs> he got that one. Nailed, I got Gabe sure. Watson down. <laughs> you nailed that one. Danny Dozen player out of Madison, Mississippi. Uh, Jiritic, um, six seven forward from Serbia originally. Yep. It seems like that's the way the NBA is going with a lot of those Eastern European guys, kind of around that same size. So I don't know anything about them, but I hope it works out. Yeah. Um, uh, the the Serbian is uh, playing his high school ball in Little Rock, which is right in uh, Doc Sadler's old stomping grounds, and uh, and so I think you know there there's kind of your something paid off there. I I, I have I feel certain, um, but yeah, he kind of flew under the radar till the very last minute, uh, a day or two ago, and uh, he's one that uh, that I'm intrigued by uh, certainly. You know, a little bit of size. Um, you know, and, and, and somebody who, who appears to have been somewhat recruited, uh, you know, uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm He's another one of those guys that looks fantastic in the clips that you see online, right. but who doesn't? No, so, you're not so, gonna... so that's, you know, a bigger guy that can step out. And you're your prototypical European guy. Yep. He's what he appears to be yep. in the highlights, yeah. <laughs> but they're the highlights. <laughs> they're the highlights for a reason. So that's where you got to just, you know, I, Personally, that's where I just I just really have to wait if we sign him and um, and he gets on the floor. Let's let's you know show us the low lights. Yeah, yeah. I want to see those. Well, we only got just a few seconds left in this segment. But I was going to ask. Hey, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. What? Real quick. Twitter reaction. Jim Cole is listening. Yeah. Hey, did Jim. not did not care for our PM Don conversation. <laughs> oh wow. Didn't like it, huh? No. Jim. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm not sure he liked us attacking Brent Jones. Should we talk about Brent, soul for real? Brent deserves it. Yes. Brent deserves it. <laughs> and Kyle George. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We've got one more segment left right here on To the Top Talk. You know what? Let's kill that. Let's kill that song. What do you guys say? I got to I gotta do a read here real quick. So, News Radio 98.1 FM. Why is my plan not working? <laughs> there oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Shout out to Jim Cole listening at home. News Radio 98.1 WMXI. The home of the Pine Belt for the New Orleans Saints will be broadcasting live this Thursday, the 16th, from 4 to 5 p.m. at Delta World Tire on King Road, just off Highway 98 at Old Highway 11. Deuce McAllister, former running back for the New Orleans Saints and Ole Miss, will be at the broadcast. You're invited to come by and meet Deuce, have your picture taken with Deuce, register for door prizes, and check out Delta World Tires. Deuce McAllister is the uh, analyst, is the, wait, wait, this is what it says, Deuce McAllister is the analysis for the New Orleans Saints Radio <laughs> Network. See you Thursday at 4 p.m. Is this p.m. dawn? This is p.m. dawn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. Well, we had Ooh. to do what we had to Ooh. do. So what do you, what, Jason, what do you think about Southern Miss basketball this season? Um, I, I think uh, they're going to take a step forward. I, I think this is the year they actually uh, kind of start to put some things together. Uh, I think 14 to 16 wins is very realistic. Uh, for this team, so you know, after after three years of nine or eight eight or nine wins, um, that is, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna give some teams some fits this year, uh, and and it's gonna result in some in a handful of more wins. 
it seems like the two guys that really stand out, Tyree Griffin and Dominique McGee, seems like they are going to be kind of the bell cow basketball players for the Golden Eagles this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't focus. No, that's, at all. Tough. that's good stuff, though. No, Tyree, Tyree uh, made a big splash um, in his debut last week. 22 points, 13 rebounds out of the, out of the point guard spot. Um, you know, a double-double in your Southern Miss debut. That's, you, can't, you can't do much. You certainly uh, can do a lot worse than that. And Dominique uh, McGee is, is, you know, he had 15 points off the bench, and Doc said that he's probably, since he got to Southern Miss, one of the better uh, guys where you can just tell him, go get me some points, and he'll go get them. Whatever he's got to do, he'll go get them. And so, you know, Southern Miss has kind of missed that a little bit the last few years. My favorite player, Cortez Edwards. Oh, what does he look like? Yeah, he's he's going to be, uh, you know, he he was right on the cusp of being a very good uh, secondary guy, mm-hmm. but now that he doesn't even have to be a secondary guy, the fact that Dominic and, and Tyree are are there, um, I think he's going to flourish in that. Uh, I think I think he's going to flourish now that he doesn't have to be the man or the next, you know. The next man, so right. uh, definitely something I think uh, that, that he's going to he's going to benefit a lot from from having those two guys in. Well, Jason, thanks for coming out, man. I know you're not feeling a little under the weather. Yeah. Thanks for weathering the storm, so to speak, coming well, out and talking some Southern Miss. You guys follow Jason on Twitter at Munsley. You can follow us at To the Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Next week we are going to have comedian Ben Compton on the show. Uh, We're taking a little bit of a detour from Southern Miss. We're still going to talk Southern Miss. But Ben is a local comedian. He is going to be on Comedy Central next Friday. The first time anybody from Hub City Comedy. I don't know about too many comedians from Hattiesburg in the first place, but Ben's going to be on Comedy Central. He's going to join us on the show. You guys go look for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. If you don't enjoy the show, tell your friends. And as always, oh, and come out to The Rock this Saturday. It's going to be a great time. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. Whatever it is I do, I try to think.